Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by my co-host, Chairman Stephen Vincent. Uh, here to talk about uh, you know, the build-up to the Royal Rumble, AEW. Camp, or Chairman and I are going to give our three bold predictions for the year 2023. So we have that to look forward to as well. But unfortunately, we just found the news coming on as we are about to record. The passing of, unfortunately... The passing of uh, Jay Briscoe, his real name, Jamin Puh, or Pew, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact pronunciation of it, but apparently passed away uh, around 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time this after today due to uh, an, an auto accident. Um, so very, very sad news to hear. Obviously, the Briscoes being a huge part of Ring of Honor over the last 10 years, um, never really able to get a break in AEW or WWE for a various reasons but i mean they're synonymous like i said with ring of honor over the last 10 years and they're synonymous pretty much with tag team wrestling over the last 10 years uh one of the better tag teams of course their match recently with ftr uh the dog collar match got very high praise all around from everybody so uh, you know i'm sure they were going to be a big part of the ring of honor relaunch tony khan had planned uh whatever that was going to happen this year and unfortunately, you know, it's not going to happen. So uh, you have any thoughts, Chairman, here? I'm just a complete shock. I mean, it's unfortunate to hear the sad news here. I mean, this reminds me of, you know, Brody Lee a few years ago. I mean, this guy was still wrestling in his prime. You know, you don't – things like this just don't happen to people like this, unfortunately. You know, they shouldn't anyway. And, you know, this one did. And this tragic all around. And, you know, obviously when you think of tag team wrestling, you know, in the last – how many years i mean sure they weren't in wwe but i mean if you didn't think of tag teams outside of wwe briscoe's definitely um came to mind a lot i know jay did a lot of stuff with his brother mark and you know he has a single success as well i mean a great promo guy you know put his body on the line just a great great performer and it's unfortunate that he's not with us anymore and uh, thoughts and prayers to his family and friends Yes, agreed. Definitely uh, a great performer. He will be missed. And like I said, I'm sure he was going to be a big part of the Ring of Honor relaunch uh, when it was coming. Um, hopefully his brother maybe, you know, well, I was going to say hopefully. We'll see what his brother wants to do going forward. But, yeah, I mean, it's tragic, obviously, especially in a car accident. Somebody dying so young, only being of the age of 38. I mean, that's right around the chairman's night age. So uh, it sucks. And, you know, like we said, we wish him the best and his family the best as well. <clears throat> Moving on now to the uh, other parts of the show, the uh, WWE kind of portion. We've got Raw uh, XXX, uh, Raw 30 coming up this Monday. I suggest if you search Raw XXX in your Google to put WWE Raw XXX in there. Otherwise, you may be getting in trouble, especially if you end up doing it at work. Um, but, you know, Slate of the Legends are set to appear. Pretty much your normal people that end up showing up here. Uh, one thing they announced on Raw this past Monday was that they are going to be doing a, um, uh, what's it called? An honorary, um, I had this written down, let me pull this back up, but basically they're going to be saluting, uh, Roman Reigns this coming Monday on Raw with everybody expected to be there from the Samoan side of things. Um, acknowledgement ceremony. I'm sorry. I couldn't get those words out. Um, I've seen that the uh, head shrinkers are going to be there. I think I saw Afa and Sika will be there. The wild Samoans. Uh, obviously the bloodline is going to be there. So it, they're pretty much bringing out the entire family. I noticed one name casually missing, of course, was the rock. 
And with it being Raw 30, it being sold out in Philadelphia, of course, it's already getting the rumors started that The Rock may be appearing. Now, me personally, I think if The Rock is going to be there, it's something you advertise well beforehand. It's not something that you kind of do as a surprise, especially if you're building up to WrestleMania. So I pretty much look at it as two options. You've got either The Rock comes out during the ceremony and interrupts it, or option two, uh, Roman's there, he's getting his acknowledgement, and he kind of looks around and wants to know where The Rock is. And I think option two is probably the more likely option, especially if, you know, like I said, it'd be dumb to not be advertising The Rock for this Raw. Now, of course, they could start advertising him this Friday on SmackDown for all we know, but... Even though Cody just announced his return for the Royal Rumble and, you know, that's getting a lot of hype, I kind of still, I, we talked about it on the show before, I'm starting to lean more towards the favor that I think they have The Rock for WrestleMania. Um, do you have any thoughts le- leaning one way or the other, Chairman? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, real quick here, I'm a little bummed that they announced the Cody thing in advance. I mean, most wrestling fans knew he was going to appear at the Rumble probably, but they're really killing the element of surprise at the Royal Rumble for me, like the last couple of years, like announcing these things in advance. But back to what we were talking about with Roman, the, the family. I mean, watching the Young Rock sitcom is always entertaining because you see, like, you know, all the people that he grew up with, you know, back in the day. And I remember that one episode where there was a young uh, Roman, you know, who says, acknowledge me. That was kind of funny. So it's almost like their big teaser there for that. I mean, it's there's a lot going on with WD right now. Um, you know, off camera. And obviously this match potentially with Roman and rock has been hyped for years. I feel like, like everybody wants them to wrestle. And it's of course, you know, you got the fans that don't want the rock involved. If Roman hit the titles on the line, because of obviously rock's not going to win the title. So it kind of defeats a main event worthy mania, but we're just trying to figure out where the rock, I'm sorry, Roman reigns, would drop a title between now and Mania, and I don't see a path line for that. Like, there's no way Kevin Owens is going to win the title at Royal Rumble. Like, that's just not going to happen. I mean, unless they do something at Elimination Chamber, should they be having that this year? I think they are. I don't know. But, yeah, I I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Like, if you're going to have The Rock on Raw, you're going to advertise it, but SmackDown's The Rock show, so maybe he's going to save himself for SmackDown. Or, you know, if you're going to do a big surprise, maybe he comes out at the Rumble, or maybe they're all after there's, there's a lot of uh, things in the air. They probably still don't have WrestleMania finalized yet, especially now that Vince is crawling around, even though they say he's not nothing to do with creative, but I call BS on that. But uh, I guess all we can do is really just sit back, speculate, and see how this ceremony goes, see who acknowledges the tribal chief, and see if someone stands up to him and slaps him in the face. You know, maybe Rikishi will come along and give him a stink face, and then that will cause a riff of the Usos, and then all shit's going to get crazy. Yeah, I personally want to see Rikishi come back as the man making a difference, Fatu, in his little, in his like uh, multicolored gear that he had during that ill-fated run in 1995. Uh, yeah, like I said, we'll see what happens. I, I'm kind of with you on the Cody thing. Like you said, I think everybody kind of agreed, like knew or was thinking in the back of their head, yeah, he's going to come back at some point and probably be in the Rumble. Uh, yeah, it would have been a nice surprise. Um, I think the weird thing is, I think what their surprise is nowadays, they want it to more be about the legends. And it's like, oh, here's, you know, X wrestler. Here's, I don't know, here's Tatanka. Here's, 
um, I don't know, Chris Masters, Carlito, those kind of guys. I'm like, well, those aren't the kind of guys that I want to see surprises. Like, maybe one, but, like, you can't do, like, three or four of those guys. Like, if you do one guy, that's fine. But if you do three or four of them, it gets to the point. It's like, well, who cares? Now you're just taking the spot away from a, a regular guy or, like, a full-time wrestler that should be out there. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the Cody stuff, we'll see what happens. I think one another thing that I found interesting is that they're kind of doing it at least. I don't know what they're doing. We're going to end up doing with Roman, but they're starting to kind of advertise tag title matches and splitting the brands up. I mean, when we, I saw on raw last night that they're having the uh, Damian priest and Dominic Mysterio challenge for the raw tag team titles. And during SmackDown, they had an advertisement that there's a tournament going to face the Usos for the SmackDown tag titles, which is the first time they've done that in quite a while. We've pretty much seen the Usos be defending the undisputed tag team championship all across the board since they've become uh, dual champions. And this is the first time that they kind of are doing it separate where it's Raw and SmackDown, which I find it kind of weird. I mean, because if you're not going to do Roman and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, you would have thought that KO and Sami Zayn teaming up to beat the Ustos for the undisputed tag titles would have made sense. And the idea of the possibility of splitting them kind of would be weird going into Mania season. I mean, the Usus are an overact. They're your top tag team in the company. Why not just keep them undisputed? And then maybe afterward, if you want to break up WrestleMania, the titles after WrestleMania, then maybe you end up doing that. But maybe it's just, you know, they want to give that thought. But I find it weird they're just kind of doing that as we lead into um, WrestleMania season that they're doing this split tag title thing. What do you think, Cameron? Yeah, I don't think there's enough depth you know to have separate tag team divisions i think it's fine with the usos being the champs going to raw taking on all comers going to smackdown taking all comers like i feel like they just need to keep those tag titles you know as one cohesive unit let the champs roam shows i mean there's really no brand split i don't think right now anyway i don't know (laughs) there isn't there isn't i mean um obviously the usos are very dominant and, I mean, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, you know, gave him a shot. Obviously, it didn't go their way. But, you know, they're entering the tournament. You got the Viking Raiders, you know, coming along and trying to be heels and trying to stop them guys. And, you know, Raw, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You got the heel and heel dynamic going on with, uh, you know, Judgment Day and the Bloodline. Well, that's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, Rhea getting on Solo Sokoa's face, you know, that's that's good shit. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, WrestleMania, I mean, it's two nights, so maybe they feel like they need to have a tag title match on both nights. But honestly, I think you could just take, like, a tag team from Raw, tag team from SmackDown, the Usos, and maybe do, like, a triple threat ladder match or something crazy. I don't know what they got in store. I guess we'll have to see what happens. But I think Drew and Sheamus would be great tag champs, honestly, if uh, we don't get that Sammy KO thing. But uh, I don't know. I think we got some work to do before we get to that point. Yeah, it would definitely be a nice rebound for Drew if him and Sheamus stick together as a tag team. I mean, Drew McIntyre is a guy we talked about before. It seems like, you know, we thought maybe he was going to win one of the titles at Clash of the Castle. It didn't happen. He had his, unfortunately, he had his WrestleMania main event moment kind of taken away from him with COVID. But 
he ran as champion, uh, and then he was kind of like he's kind of been around. He's kind of the top guy on SmackDown. Not really a lot to do. He could, well, like I say, he went through Roman. He's probably not going back to him. Uh, yeah, get Sheamus and him together. Yeah, they were just feeding each other, but they're guys with history, and it's not like they had a a blood feud history where it's like it makes doesn't make any sense for them to be fighting again. So I'd be 100% on board with Drew and Sheamus being a tag team. Yeah, I. Triple threat match, Drew, Sheamus, uh, Sammy, KO, and the Usos at WrestleMania. I'd be fine with that, even though it seems like the story's kind of building to, you know, Sammy, KO, and the Usos. But like you said, we still have got uh, a couple months, leading, two and a half months, I think, leading into WrestleMania. And we still got the the Royal Rumble uh, around around the corner as well. Um, Trim, I don't think you were on since Charlotte Flair returned and won the SmackDown Women's title. I may be wrong. Um, but what were your thoughts when you saw it happening and how you think it's going to go, uh, for her leading into mania season? I think she won it when I was last on, but we didn't really touch into it. I think you guys. Oh yeah. You know, I think that was our, we, yeah, yeah. That was our award show. Yeah. Yeah. Like that happened like the night before we recorded our year end show. Yeah. But I think, you know, long term, it's probably for the best because, Charlotte's obviously a big time player, a main event caliber superstar and Ronnie's hot garbage. And, you know, she wants, she wants to claim, she wants to go run the tag division that really no one cares about. You, you go do that. You and Shane go do that. Cause nobody cares about you two, honestly, at this point. Now, of course, you know, there's a lot of questions of, you know, who she gonna face at mania, obviously not Sasha Banks. That's, that's, that's gone. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. I guess we'll just kind of see what happens with the Royal Rumble. I know she's kind of been messing around with Sonya Deville now, which, you know, Sonya's not going to dethrone her. But I don't know. So I feel like, you know, this point is like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm speculating here, man. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to throw them down. The SmackDown roster for women right now is kind of just not clicking. Like, Liv had a great push last year, but I see that she's kind of building herself back up with Raquel, but. Like, I don't know, they might have to get someone from Raw to come over to face Charlotte at Mania, which means, is it going to be like a Rhea Ripley or a Becky Lynch? I mean, or a Bailey? I mean, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, honestly, I'm still kind of surprised that Bianca Belair is going to hold the title likely to WrestleMania this year. I mean, she's got a match with the newly turned heel Alexa Bliss going into uh, at the Royal Rumble. So there's that to go there, but I don't think Alexa Bliss is going to dethrone uh, Bianca Belair to win the title. I'd be surprised if that ended up happening. Uh, even with the, like, you know, the teases with Alexa Bliss and, uh, you know, Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt, whatever you want to call him. Um, by the way, Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match. I, first of all, I find it hilarious that Mountain Dew is sponsoring this match. Um, man, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it more next week with our Royal Rumble preview, but I just find this hilarious. I don't know. Nobody knows what the match is going to be. I'm kind of maybe thinking that it's going to be along the lines of like a blindfold match like you saw with Jake Roberts and Rick Martel at WrestleMania. Uh, credit to L.A. Knight for, you know, I'm I'm an L.A. Knight fan. Uh, I think he's, he's obviously great on the mic. He's going to get himself over on the mic, but he's making this feud kind of work. Even though when I when they first put them together, I was like, really, you're putting these two guys together in a feud? I OK. Um, but go ahead. I mean, like I said, it works for LA Knight. I guess it's kind of giving him some notoriety feuding with Bray Wyatt. Uh, what do you think your best guess is, Chairman, for a pitch black match? Sponsored by Mountain Dew. I don't know. Not Code Red Mountain Dew, I guess. Just regular Mountain Dew. Should have been Baja Blast. It should have been, I don't know, it should have been some random 
drink that hasn't been around and like like Fago. It could have been a, a Juggalo Fago match. Don't Juggalos drink Fago, whatever it's called? Well, they got rid of Sea or Miss, and now they got that new uh, Starry, or you know, so they could have that sponsored by Stardust. Yeah, there you go. Stardust can be it can be Stardust and Cody in the Rumble. Is it called Starry? I don't even know what the hell the new shit's called. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know, drink. Yeah. I don't drink lemon citrus pop anyway, so whatever. But uh, pitch black match. I think what you're gonna have is a a table, and you're gonna have um big cups of you know like gas station sized cups of um pitch black Mountain Dew, right? And then they're gonna have a chugging contest, and they're gonna chug the pitch black Mountain Dew, and whoever wins, um, I guess gets a uh, 24 pack of pitch black Mountain Dew. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, it's a, I heard it's going to be a cinematic match, too. Oh, God. I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw that somewhere, too. So I, I don't know what to think. It's just... It's a weird world we're living in. Yeah, it can be like, you know, like... A, maybe they can play for like beer games, like it's Beer Fest or something. Like Flip Cup and uh, Das Boot. And, you know, they just chug yeah. them down like that. Yeah. I'm getting vibes of uh, Matt Hardy MVP's feud when they were doing, like, hot dog eating contests and all that weird stuff. That's what it's going to be like. Oh yeah, and then they play a game of horse or pig, I think, one time, and um. Yeah, and then MVP's gonna bring uh, Old Mouse's Jones down. Oh, oh yeah, God, yeah. Didn't MVP fight Evander Holyfield in that thing in a boxing match or something? Or Evander, I feel like Evander Holyfield was involved in that too. Oh jeez, yeah. SmackDown late two, you know, two thousand seven, two thousand eight type feuds here we're, we're looking at. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't even see the part about it being a cinematic match, and if that's the case, I mean, I guess if you're going to do it at one show, the Royal Rumble is a show to do it, because you got the Rumble matches, and this is just kind of a throwaway thing. You'll have Roman KO. Like I said, Bianca, Alexa Bliss, maybe there is some kind of, maybe Charlotte defends the SmackDown Women's title against Sonya Deville, who knows, but... I mean, God bless LA Knight for making him uh, co What do you think? I, I don't know. I'm kind of like... Like this Bray Wyatt return is like okay. You got Uncle Howdy. Like, are we just gonna go through six like months of him just introducing random people like this? I'm kind of been let down by Bray Wyatt's return. I like the entrance theme, and then it was cool at first, but now it's just getting like drug out and weird. Like, where's this Uncle Howdy thing going? I'm pretty sure to convince it's also Bo Dallas, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like they brought him back for that initial pop, and then it just kind of like floundering around just not really going anywhere and then it's like he's doing a match it's like what the hell are they doing with this guy yeah i mean like yeah i'm pretty sure it's probably gonna be bo dallas too i'm with you i think i saw he was backstage at smackdown last friday and especially if they're gonna keep adding more people to the group it's like how long are you gonna drag this out i mean i guess you know people like it i bet like and i am a bray wyatt defender even when he first got fired we all kind of thought the same thing like what the hell's going on and I would take the Firefly Funhouse stuff back than what I'm kind of getting right now, if I'm being honest. I just, they got to do, they got to pull the trigger with something big with him. I don't know, for a match at WrestleMania, I don't even know. I can't even venture to guess what kind of match you would have at WrestleMania right now. Um, I mean, they're in California. God, I can just picture them going to like to, maybe they'll have a, another Hollywood backlot brawl. And they can get Dustin Rhodes to come back as Goldust uh, from AEW as a one-off thing, and do another backlot brawl there. But I can just picture like them thinking, "Oh my God, we can do so much stuff with them in uh, in a Hollywood, all of it." And it's just like, uh, like at some point, yeah, you got to just 
do something important with them as far as I'm concerned. And at this point, I'm kind of disappointed with what we have seen uh, so far. Um, and of course, we've talked about it and mentioned it before, um, the obvious behind the scenes stuff going on in NXT or in NXT, excuse me, with in WWE with Vince McMahon returning as to the board of directors, returning to the office, um, you know, that whole thing. There was a huge rumor that blew up the, I think, last Thursday that Vince was selling to a Saudi Arabia group and there were reports of people ready to quit and everybody was reporting this as fact. And then we all went to bed and everybody was like, yeah, this isn't happening. This isn't close to happening. And that's what I kind of thought because I'm like, I'm not the biggest Wall Street person in the world, but I don't think you, if you're announced less than a week beforehand that you are selling to, you're getting a bank to go through sellers that you're going to have the sale done in a week. Even Crazy Vince couldn't do that. Uh, so, you know, that happened and then that got, like I said, that got blown up and that ended up not being true. And then there were reports of, you know, Comcast being interested and all that kind of stuff. So nobody knows, you know, there was reports that AEW could be interested in a merger. Nobody knows what the hell is going on outside of complete chaos. And a triple H held meetings at SmackDown on raw this past week where he said he's still in charge of creative. Vince has nothing to do with creative. He's just back in the office monitoring the sale. Of course, this also had the resignation. We had the resignation of Stephanie McMahon as CEO, um, you know, stockholder thing, stockholder suing Vince, Vince not needing stockholder approval to do anything anymore. Just, uh, <coughs> so excuse me, just a whole bunch of crazy shit that you just thought in like 2022 was crazy and here we are ha not even halfway into the first month of 2023 and it seems like 2023 is already trying to top what's going what went on in the world of pro wrestling in 2022 now i know you definitely weren't on chairman when she and i talked about vince first coming back last week uh so just what the hell are you making out of all this stuff going on well i honestly don't even know what to think at this point or what to believe at this point. Like when I saw Stephanie resign. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then that's when all the Vince stuff started up, like him coming back, but we're not sure what capacity and then, you know, selling it. And then of course there was like a laundry list of people who he's selling it to. And then of course, obviously if he sells it to this group of people. Well then half your roster is going to quit. So, I mean, it's like, cool dude like my childhood and what i spent the last 10 years watching you're going to destroy in you know a few transactions like no don't do it dude like i know you want to poison pill everything like 2002 nwo style but like don't don't do it dude like oh boy i mean and then i just got thinking okay well, if tony khan tries to buy it like we're gonna get an invasion angle of sting this time i mean I mean, something we got ripped off on back in 2001. I mean, I, I don't know what to think right now. I don't know what to believe right now. Um, I guess uh, I hope it doesn't go to Disney because then we'll have Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck fighting in a ladder match for the title. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to believe anymore. 
Yeah, and it's like it's kind of funny. Like when I saw the clip of somebody, I think it was on CNBC. I do not remember the reporter's name, but when they were talking about, there was he's like, yeah, there's a rumor that the Saudis are buying overnight, and that was never true. It's like it's amazing what wrestling Twitter can do and just take things and carry it, and everybody believes it. I mean, and they got to give credit. You know, I like mute bass, like on Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross Sapp, but they were the first ones to kind of be like, well, you know, hold on, hold on, like nothing is confirmed on this at all, and they were the reasonable ones and were like. Yeah, we don't have anything about this, and there's a couple of the other people who have broken some stuff before, but at the same time are kind of like, uh, like you, not somebody that's as like well known as the other guys I mentioned in the wrestling world, and they were the first ones to kind of be like, well, no, like I haven't heard this from anybody yet, and then sure enough, like I said, when I woke up the next morning, it's yeah, no, this isn't true. We don't know how they got blown out of proportion, but unfortunately, that is wrestling Twitter nowadays. It is, uh, you know. Hey, we heard one thing from one guy. Well, it's obviously true. Let's blow it up on Twitter and Reddit, and everybody believes it because everybody's, you know, you got your AEW anti WWE people who just want to, you know, see them fall. So everybody goes with it, and you know, it's just it was just a giant mess for 24 to 48 hours on Twitter before things finally calmed down. And we got back to normalcy, which is this is if this really is a sale, and there are some people that believe Vince isn't even actually going to be selling that it's going to take a while and you have to like divulge this to your, even if Vince doesn't have to do anything without shareholder approval, you have to divulge it to your shareholders that, Hey, we're being sold to X. Uh, this is what's happening. And if they go in private, there's a whole process of buying stocks back. And yeah, there's no way that something like that, no matter how crazy Vince is, there's no way something like that was happening overnight. And unfortunately, it's just the world we live in nowadays where social media blows something up. And then the next thing you know, it's, oh, it's true. And then, oh, no, real people are telling you it's not. Um, so that's how all the stuff on the WWE front. Like I said, we'll definitely dive more deeply into the Rumble and the build to WrestleMania as we get into the Royal Rumble preview next week. Um, over on AEW, we had the Elite win the Trios titles in the Best of Seven series, winning the ladder match over Death Triangle. Um, I know we've talked about it before on the show. I just like these guys doing seven straight matches. Just, I don't know. Like the matches can be good, but at the same time, I just think Best of Seven series are kind of overblown at this point. And unfortunately, it is Pac. Penta and Phoenix taking the L again in uh, in this situation, and we've got the Elite as trios tag team champions again. What are your thoughts, Chairman? I mean, the second this best of seven was announced, there was two things that were locked in key. It was going seven, and the Elite were winning. I mean, I guess it's just one of those things. Like you know, I really didn't really pay too close attention to the matches; they were just kind of on. It's just. You know, we've talked about this, you know, for the last how many weeks now. It's just like, whatever, it's there. You know, great that the Elite are back. Great that they won the Trios Championships. Like, they won originally when that all out. But, you know, can this division separate themselves from all the other, like, how many divisions they got going on? Like, that's the ultimate question right now. Like, I don't know. I saw the Wrestle Kingdom match. I haven't been on since we saw Wrestle Kingdom. And, you know, the match with Will Ospreay was a freaking banger match of the year right now. I mean, probably will be match of the year candidate when we're talking about this at the end here. Like, that was just phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, you know, Kenny won the IWGP US Championship. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of singles, Kenny. I, I don't like this 
joking with your buddies, Kenny. Like, I mean, it's fine, it's cool, people like that, but and I, give me the New Japan Kenny Omega any day. That shit is fire. Him and Will Ospreay, run it back soon, please. Yeah, I am 100% with you there. I don't need to see Kenny joking around with the Young Bucks. And it's like, you know he's going to get that when he's in AEW and with them. I want singles Kenny. I want dominant Kenny. You know, have Don Callis be his manager Kenny. You know, singles guy. You know, let the Young Bucks go and do a tag team thing on their own. Um, I just, I, I'm not, I don't care for trios titles in AEW. It's like they already have... Enough belts as it is that I, when these even when these are introduced, same thing with the All Atlantic title. I don't think it was something that was really needed anymore. And yet here we are, them trying to reestablish the trios titles. Hopefully they don't get any into any altercations uh, backstage at any shows coming up, so they have to be uh, stripped of these titles going forward. We just hope that doesn't have to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I'd much prefer a singles run Kenny than I would trios title Kenny. I mean. And the top of the card, you know, you got MJF as your champion who's been doing okay. Obviously, they're building to the possibility and the likelihood of a uh, MJF Brian Danielson Iron Man match at, at uh, uh, oh my God, Revolution. Uh, we, Cam and I talked about it last week. It's the idea of. MJF going 60 minutes, even with Brian Danielson, doesn't really thrill me at all. I'd much rather just see them wrestle a regular singles match rather than go out there and try to wrestle a 60-minute Ironman match, even if it is Danielson trying to get that out of MJF. And then we also had Hangman Page pin John Moxley clean last week, so maybe you're trying to set up a potential challenger uh, for page at some or for my or for mjf excuse me down the line with hangman page but i just feel like kenny would have been a nice added addition here to this main event scene rather than you know him being in this trios division here when you know i talked we talked about it before on the show kenny omega was like the biggest star in pro wrestling coming into uh the founding of aew and it just took him forever to get his footing as a singles guy. And then now he's back to not being a singles guy anymore. Now, of course, you know, his body's breaking down. Maybe he wants to save a single stuff for big stuff like New Japan. But his, you know, his time at the top in AEW has really been limited. Unless you want to consider like his tag team time as part of that as a main event guy. But as a singles guy, I think Kenny's kind of disappointed as far as the main event people in AEW. Uh, just what are your thoughts on the main event scene, Chairman? I mean, when Kenny was champion, you know, he was a heel, he was a prick, you know, I was, as a big Kenny fan, I, am, I was starting to get, you know, he's starting to get under my skin even, I was starting to hate him, like, because, you know, he always, you know, cheap, cheap wins, Don Callis, and all this goon squad, you know, it's like, that run was great, it worked, but then it's like, you know, now you're back, you're face, and then it's just like, nah, I don't know, <laughs> it's like, I feel like that main event scene could have really used Kenny Omega right now, because like, Kenny's a former champion. He has obviously the accolades. He could stake his claim to going for that title again. You know, it's like right now it's like MJF and Danielson are doing great. I think the promos are great. I mean, of course it's typical MJF. Like I feel like this is every MJF story. Like, well, if you want to fight me, the final boss, you have to go through my gauntlet of wrestlers. Would he like hire like Bandito and a whole bunch of randos? Like again, I mean, is he going to get Nick Cage and his pizza cutter back? I mean, What's going on? I mean, Danielson got to beat all these guys. And then they're doing a 60-man Ironman match, which would be interesting. I mean, I guess if Danielson's going to get 
the best out of MJF, you know, that's how it's going to go down. I mean, I think a 30-minute Iron Man match would have been plenty because we all know how long AEW pay-per-views are to begin with. So is this going to be like a six-hour, seven-hour pay-per-view now? Like, I mean, that, these are the questions I oh, have. God, don't put that. I don't put that out there in the universe. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, man. You got, you got an hour match, you know, and that doesn't include uh, introductions, stoppages, um, promos, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You're looking at a nice, solid 75 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean. The promos have been great. I mean, that's probably been one of the highlights. Uh, I was actually surprised to see Heyman beat Moxley, since you touched on that a little bit ago. Um, Heyman needed that win, though, honestly. I mean, we talked about the huge year Moxley had last year again. And Heyman, you know, he had a great, decent run to start the year, you know, with the title. Then it's like he lost the title, lost his flames a little bit. I mean, he may have been injured, I'm sure. But, like, he just kind of lost his cool factor or something. I don't know. But, you know, obviously – I almost feel like a heel Heyman would be something they need. Um, I don't know if now's the time or not, but I feel like it's perfect timing, honestly, because, I mean, you're probably touching on this in a bit, you know, of Adam Cole back, but, like, he's kind of, maybe he's going to be a face now, and then they can run it back with heel Heyman. Like, that would be something to do. You know, if both of them can try to state their claim as a contender. I mean, that would kind of get that main event scene where it needs to of a lot of these guys. Uh, whether TK does that or not, I guess we'll see, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, Hangman Page is always somebody that's kind of needed like a, a like a backbone kind of thing. And I've always thought him hanging out with the Dark Order never really did him any favors. Uh, you know, when they're trying to take him seriously, you've got the Dark Order. If you, I know people used to call him the Dork Order. Um, that, you know, that's the kind of that kind of hurt him, I thought, more than helped him. Uh, so maybe straying away from them, giving him a bit of, like you said, a heel backbone edge. That kind of would have been better for him, and unfortunately, that you know, maybe we're not going to say. It. Unfortunately, that it haven't didn't happen during this time. But you know, maybe now we see that with Moxley getting and taking a loss, and maybe Moxley can um, uh, get you know that time off that he needed. Like we always talked about going uh, going around going into you know when he was supposed to get it off, and then the whole all out brawl happened. So that didn't end up happening. Um, then we got the women's division where I feel like just like it's basically the Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker division. We all thought Sasha Banks was going to show up on L.A. and Di- Dynamite in L.A. this past week. It didn't happen. Apparently the crowd booed afterwards when they knew that wasn't happening. Uh, you know, Soraya teamed up with Tony Storm. They announced it. They did a smart thing and they knew they weren't going to get Sasha. So they announced it a week in advance that uh, Soraya was going to end up teaming with Tony Storm. So that's smart of them because then they would have gotten real backlash during the actual match if it was still going to be a mystery going forward. But I feel like it's almost going to seem like Soraya was getting booed on Dynamite. I almost feel like you almost have to make Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker faces at some point. I mean, if you're going to focus the division on them, I mean, I kind of, you know, you can do the whole, well, there's no heels or faces, et cetera. Well, you got to heel and faces tunnel, but I would just would much rather them do like, okay, you don't want to turn MJF face. That's fine. But then, okay, go ahead and turn Soraya and Dr. Britt Baker face, you know, or sorry, Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker face, and then turn Soraya heel, turn Tony Storm. That's like do a complete flip of your women's division. Turn Hikaru Shida heel. Just do all of it and give the division a little bit of fresh spark. I mean, Jamie Hayter being on top has been a good spark as it is, but I think doing that in the women's division might help them a little bit too. What are your thoughts on that, Chairman? Well, I think Hikaru Shida is a little upset right now with uh, Tony and Soraya. Like, 
she slid that kendo stick in but it ended up backfiring and then she's like oops my bad so I, I feel like there's some jealousy there. I think there's going to be a turn there. I think she's going to go to the dark side, the heel side. And, you know, she's probably going to have her blow up with uh, Tony Storm and maybe Soraya too. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the crowd has been behind Jamie Hayter for a while now. And, I mean, she got the pop when she won the title. Like, this is what people want to see. This is what we have. You know, people are going to support her. And, you know, Britt being by her side. You know, she's got her own little fan base. You know, people like her as well. Like, they're both just likable. They're both featured heavily, you know, whether it's in the ring or backstage promos. Like, I almost feel like, yeah, I would agree. A double turn could work. Or you're just going to have to find someone to challenge Jamie Hayter that the crowd's going to boo. Now, you do have someone named Jade Cargill, but obviously they've been avoiding that now forever, and I don't know why. But, you know, I'm trying, just trying to think of any other women that could step up right now because you know i feel like they always have someone and then they kind of just disappear like i think they did the nyla rose thing already so that's off the table but like uh i i, I don't know who's i don't even know if the bunny's still around i don't know if that abaddon's still around um i don't even know maybe maybe they wait for mercedes monet but i mean who knows at this point so maybe you can get anna jay and ty conti there you go oh god don't even get started <laughs> on the jericho asinite society i'm so done with that faction Oh, yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, all right, like, what's the point? Why are we still doing this? Like, we thought we were going to make Daniel Garcia a big single star and nothing. Yeah, and Jake Hager's hat is probably the most over thing in that faction at this point, which is disgustingly sad. But, you know, it's helping Ricky Starks, I guess, stay on TV, unlike Powerhouse Hobbs. And Ricky Starks is now carrying that no-name Andretti guy around who will probably be on Dark for foreseeable future after this feud. So, whatevs. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, we've had we've talked before. Uh, we think AEW's kind of been a struggling point at this point, and there's there's stuff to like. There's not denying there's we're not denying there's stuff to like on there, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like okay, you can have great matches all the time, but if there's not really building to anything, um, it doesn't mean much in the end. What do you make of FTR taking some time off of TV to reevaluate things? Uh, definitely don't blame them. I mean, they've been wrestling literally everywhere um obviously you know we talked about this at the start of the show you know they've had a lot of matches with the briscoes so that's probably definitely not gonna make their decision any easier of what they want to do next i think i can't remember which one um i think one of them pretty much said like their next like run is gonna be it and then they want to do the family thing so you know I, i don't know how many more ftr matches we have left but we'll enjoy what we have yeah, I agree. And of course, you know, they have time to evaluate what happens and if Vince decides to go crazy and take over everything again, I'm sure that would help make their decision a little bit easier or as long as Triple H remains in charge, if it's one thing or the other, who knows. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting year when it comes to free agency and wrestling. And that is why we are going to go ahead and do our three bold predictions for the year 2023 we do this we've done this every year since we started doing uh, our podcast uh this is the first year you're going to get it on pw mania uh chairman i believe you're all three of your predictions came true this past year correct uh last year oh it was last year why do i think it was this year yeah, I think I might have got one or two, but like Kenta winning the IWGP title was definitely not happening. Oh, no, yeah, that definitely did not end up happening. <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right. So, yeah, I, I wish I could find where I wrote them down. Uh, but I unfortunately, there was I have one big spreadsheet that I use for our predictions contest that I thought that's where I had them. But well, I did call MJF winning the title it last year, so I got that one. Yeah. You know. It took only like 11 months, but we made it. You got there, yep. Um, yeah, I don't have it in that spreadsheet where I thought I had them, so I will make sure I write these down this year. Um, I'll go ahead and do mine first. I'll, go st- I'll start at least with my first one. Um, you know, there's all these rumors recently that, you know, WWE is interested in signing more New Japan guys, and it's funny, I think I maybe did this prediction at least two years ago, um, if not last year. But I'm going to go ahead and say it again that I think Jay White, as long as Triple H is in charge, I think Jay White signs a big money deal with the WWE and comes over as their top as a top heel in there. I mean, I don't think he's not going to be over Roman Reigns, obviously, but I could easily see him being the number two heel behind Roman Reigns in the WWE. I think Triple H probably sees Jay White as somebody he could build around. Uh, I think Jay White, somebody, uh, you know, he's in a loser leaves Japan match with uh, Hikaleu at the next uh, NJPW show in America. So, I, I, you know, their signs are there. Of course, they made it clear to say that it's Japan and it's not New Japan, like the actual promotion. So I don't know. You know, we don't know for sure. It's kind of rumors have kind of died down because that was like came out the day of Vince McMahon returning. So that all kind of got pushed aside from there. But I'm going to go ahead and say that I think Jay White becomes a big-time player in the WWE by the end of 2023. So I'll go ahead and let you go uh, name one now, Chairman. This probably isn't the most bold prediction in the world, but obviously it has to happen. So I am going to say, because I have been on this forever, but Rhea Ripley will become a women's champion in 2023. It just has to happen. I don't know how we're going to get there, but she's been breaking out big time with Judgment Day. Like, if she doesn't get a title, I'm going to be sad. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there. I mean, I think the Rumble is the perfect opportunity uh, for her. It'd be the best place to do it. There's history with Bianca Belair. There's history with Charlotte Flair. So there's definitely, um, you know, stories there to build off of for Rhea Ripley if she were to win one of those. Uh, I'll go over to, uh, okay, let's see. So my prediction is that I think that the night after WrestleMania, uh, obviously a big raw, a big show of the year. Everybody wants to see what happens, what kind of storylines you're going to have. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw out a prediction that may be a little weird, but I mean, Hey, let's go with it. I'm going to say that. The night after WrestleMania, this is, okay, assuming The Rock fights Roman Reigns and Roman beats The Rock at WrestleMania. The night after Mania, you get Cody Rhodes out there with a returning FTR and with a returning Miro. And they form a faction to go ahead and start feuding with the bloodline. And there is your summer 2022 or 2023 excuse me storylines all ready to play out with cody ftr and miro going straight up against the bloodline in a series of matches feuds etc so that's a crazy one that's i normally like to do one crazy one i mean jay white one could be crazy too but it's more realistic i think uh but that's gonna be my crazy story prediction um go for 2023 all right why don't you go ahead next term what do you got i'll get crazy with you here Randy Orton retires. He's done. He'll hang it up this year. It's over. The Viper's done. 
Yeah, I mean, there's not really. I mean, he was great with Riddle, uh, but it really wasn't a lot left to uh, for him. It's not really a lot left for him to prove in the ring. I mean, obviously he's got that back injury and that, you know, nobody still really knows when he's going to come back. I could see him maybe trying to gut out one more match as like a retirement match at a big show. But yeah, I, I mean, it's for me, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to see something like that play out. Uh, all right. Number three, number three. I mean, I want to try to do something with AEW. I guess I kind of did something with AEW with, uh, with FTR and Miro leaving. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's so tough for me to play out anything wise. Um, sorry, I'm going to do another WWE one. I'm going to go ahead and say that Gunther beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and will still be the Intercontinental Champion by the end of 2023. I think he's going to go ahead. I honestly think, I mean, I think Gunther will hold on to the Intercontinental title in his match against Brock Lesnar. I don't know if they're going to fight for the Intercontinental title. But I think Gunther beats Brock, and I think they build him up throughout the year, and I think Gunther holds the Intercontinental title for the entire calendar year of 2023. So that's my my last bull prediction there. Uh, what are you going with, Chairman, for your last one? I'm going to kind of piggyback off you, obviously, with the whole title reign for a whole year, but I have a different candidate in mind. I picked MJF to win the title last year. Now I'm going to pick him to keep the title the entire year. He keeps calling it the reign of terror, and JBL's reign of terror was long enough, but MJF could really stretch it out. Like, he can go the whole year and – he could just run these gauntlets on people and just use chicken shit heel tactics to keep that title the entire year. And this will lead into 2024, which he kept referring to, you know, a while ago about his contract status. So, you know, he might go all CM Punk from years ago and hold the title hostage. So this is bold. No one touches MJF the whole year. He's champion. And that's going to make a lot of people have very, very mad. Yeah, especially if he keeps playing the smarmy heel and everybody wants to see get his ass beat and eventually lose the title. And, you know, you got Brian Danielson, somebody who continues to not win the big matches in AEW, so I don't think he's going to take the title off him. And then, like you said, we've got Paige, Moxley, a Kenny Omega singles run. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of list of challengers there for him to go through that entire year. Uh, so that is our show for this week. We will be back next week to preview the WWE Royal Rumble and maybe go through some Royal Rumble history stuff as well. So we have that to look forward to next week. So for my co-host, the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin signing off and we will talk to you then.